Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, a conversation where good thoughts help renew the mind with the Word of God. I'm Charlie Carter, and I'm here with Tim Little and Andy Stearns. Let's jump into the conversation. Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, Summer in Left Field. This is episode 93. And uh, just going to throw it out here to you guys for an opener. What have you been reading recently? We're halfway through the summer as we've re- when we're recording this. And so, uh, yeah, what have you been reading? I've been reading Redwall. I've been reading Strange New World. And uh, there's another one. Have you? Uh, I have can't you finished Redwall? No, I'm two-thirds of the way through. I have thoughts. And, and I have a listener who has messaged me about some thoughts because they've read it too. So I'm really excited to talk about this fall. Have you read it? Just wait for the next segment of our podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. I want to listen to it. I have a Scribd subscription for two months. They don't have the first book. You're kidding. No, they have all these other ones. And they have this interview with Brian Jakes, which I should say this because I said Jaquis or Jacques or something. Jacques. You. And I was corrected helpfully. Thank you. It's Brian Jakes. But the way it's spelled, I had a friend spelled his name that way. He's French or his history is lineage. And he said Jaquis. And then I've also heard people say Jacques. So it's Brian Jakes, but. That's all that has an interview with him. So that's what I've been really, I have thoughts, but I'm, I don't know if I should share so, them yet. On that note, so we, we will have this segment that follows this opener, commonly and affectionately referred to by that common phrase. Oh, seriously? And I'm going to talk about that book. So okay. I'm not going to say I've been reading that. I will say that the travel of the summer talk about that. has more or less killed my reading. It's oh. been very hard to do reading that's not... Uh, class reading. Have you been mm-hmm. listening? So I'm going to get into that when we talk about Redwall. Okay. But so there have been a, there's a bunch of books that I had to read for some doctoral classes about mm. preaching. And um, it's sad that the only thing that jumps to my mind, and I won't name the name of the book, because I think this guy would broadly be within our circles of schools, but uh, it's a Wolfenstock book. That I purchased. Wiffenstock. And it I got it. It fall it's falling apart. Like every five pages, a leaflet just pulls out. Well, you just need to get a new copy. The glue didn't stick or something. Yeah. And that is incredibly frustrating when you're trying to read through a book. Um, and that that's sad that that's the only thing I remember about that. That was a production error. They should just replace it for you. Yeah, I bought it on Amazon and I didn't notice it for a while. So I don't think I have any That's why you don't want to do that. Yeah. Sorry, friend. The other book with I will oh. say I did go to the Faith Bookstore first and asked, hey, here's the list. What do you have? And whatever you didn't have, I had to order them and read them, blitz them quickly for this doctoral stuff. Sure. Sorry. The only other book worth noting is with my Scrib subscription, I started listening to The Gospel According to Jesus by John MacArthur because mm. it's been such a controversial book. I remember reading this back in seminary when I wrote a paper, Is Repentance Required for Salvation? And I remember like getting really uncomfortable at times. I'm having a different experience reading it this time. I've not found hardly anything that's controversial, but I, but I know that we should, we should talk about that yeah. on an episode sometime. Yeah. I have my, my initial thought is I think there's a change in my walk with God that's affected that. And then secondly, I know that in the Lordship debate, the Zane Hodges side shoots really hard at the, um, the, the other side and the other side. And so sometimes they throw things past each other. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying MacArthur's wrong. I know there's some issues, but also I'm listening to it while I mow the lawn. 
And I'm telling you, that is like one of the, my favorite things. I, I really pick up more than I think, but I know I'm not analyzing it. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm listening to. So in your, in your mind, Andy, what makes a good lawn mowing book? So I think, first of all, like a story. Stories yeah. are much better. But this one, I was surprised. It's been usually like, um, so I listened to Christopher Hitchens' book, Hitch 22, his like memoir. Hmm. And then I listened to his book, God is Not Great. And I follow both of those. But there's other books where I, honestly, Lord of the Rings, it was really hard because it's so slow paced to know what was going on. It's a, it's a 19 hour for the fellowship of the rings is a 19 hour book. Oh yeah. It's so like shorter, um, low level stuff. That's what I'd say. So. Yeah. And that, so well, I'll get into this in a little bit. So Tim, yeah. What are you reading Tim? So I'm listening to Hadassah. It's a, oh. it's about Esther. It's a popular fiction yeah. retelling of Esther. Yeah. It's horrendous. Um, <laughs> I've been listening to Moby Dick with my kids. It's Ooh. the unabridged edition, and it's been horrendous. Uh, so those are two. Um, as on, uh, I've been working through City of God with a group. I was reading Borden of Yale. So Junior Boys Camp, I read a book to them at night, helps settle them down, and I chose Borden of Yale um, to read to them. So That's a brilliant idea. What is that? It's William Borden, no reserves, no regrets, no, no retreats. No, I don't know. I got the order Mm -hmm. wrong, but he was a wealthy um, Mm -hmm. man and he went to Egypt and died uh, very young. Yeah. Cool. Uh, And then um, book books I've read, uh, Till We Have Faces. I finally read through that on a vacation. Andy, have you read that? No, and both the Choi's have like skewered me and Fritz for not having read it yet. And being I, I, I did guy. talk to Fritz about that. I didn't really care for it. Or he he mentioned at one of the weddings. Okay. That he had read that, and uh, I would put it so. Just we were talking about this yesterday in my office. I think we were, yeah. So and I think I said I didn't like Soul it then. Food is another podcast. Yeah. Uh, Indy Wilson, which is Doug Wilson's son, is one of the main guys on there. And that's N letter and then D, not Indy like Indiana Jones. Yeah. But it sounds like Indy. Indy Wilson. Mm, duh. (laughs) Indy Wilson. Let's do that. Phonetic. (laughs) Indy Wilson. Uh, They have an episode where they talk about, and they might even have two actually now, where they talk about Toya Faces. And his take, I found very helpful in understanding it. He thinks that this idea... Um, was kind of, I, I don't want to use the phrase, but I'm going to use it. Like the mag, magnus opus, magnum opus of, of Lewis's thinking. Like he really wanted this picture allegory of Tell We Have Faces to be profound. Mm-hmm. And so he says that it kind of gets away from him the longer you read. Oh, interesting. So like the, the writing isn't cohesive. As the, the farther you go, hmm. the more stretch Lewis employed to make his points, trying to make it more than it was. Okay. And so my read through, because of our Philistine friend, mm-hmm. I try to just pick the story. I'm, I'm not trying to read for allegory. I still love that he calls you guys Philistines and now forever George from Georgia in your mind is the Philistine. I he just, it's, it's, in, it's in quotes in my mind, air quotes, <laughs> the Philistine. George, we love you. I, yeah, well, I, don't I do. You. I haven't met you, but having not seen you, I love you. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. kind of sacrilegious because that's a reference to Christ. I yeah. don't oh, love you the same okay. way I love Christ, okay. George. Yeah, that's but a good point. In, in comparison, I hate you to my love for Christ. Um, <laughs> but brotherly Christian. Oh, okay, get back to it. Sorry, I should, that was a that was a weird sighting so over the there. The point being, I, when I read it the first time, which I've only read it once, 
I just read it for what is happening in the story. Characters, what are happening to the characters, how are they developing? What's the conflict? I didn't, I intentionally tried to block the thoughts of my mind of like, what is Lewis trying to do? Mm, okay. And I think that's helpful when you read the Ransom slash Space slash Heaven trilogy. Yeah. Uh, when you read Narnia is kind of right in your face, but when you read Lord of the Rings, yeah. especially Lord of the Rings, because it's not meant to be uniquely yeah. symbolic. We should talk about it till we have faces another time. Yeah, but I think read it for the story, but I think it's just like the yeah. Ransom trilogy, Space trilogy, where you need a couple of repetitions to really grab what's going. Yeah, I don't know if I've got the patience then, for another one. And then, like reading <laughs> Abolition of Man with that hideous strength is yeah. so helpful to see the picture and then mm-hmm. the the essay. I think reading The Four Loves and really understanding that alongside of Till We Have Faces is going to bring some some themes. But I think it takes the repetition of the ideas. Okay. Just, man, Lewis was so good. Like, <laughs> no. How, like, I know. how you could write Till We Have Faces and you could write That Hideous Strength, but you also wrote the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Like you can operate on those different planes is impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see the connection between Till We Have Faces and Four Loves the way that I was expecting because of what other people said. But whatever. We can maybe talk about it sometime. Maybe I need to read it again, but I doubt that'll happen. <laughs> okay. Two other books that I've been reading, a couple of Moody Press titles uh, concerning relationships. Uh, Dr. Julie Slattery, because I'm working on my book, Song of Songs for Singles. These are relationship books. God, Sex, and Your Marriage is the book that she's written. And then uh, Dean in Sarah, Pure, Why the Bible's Plan for Sexuality Isn't Outdated, Irrelevant, or Oppressive. Uh, so that one I haven't read as much of. Uh, but those are just a couple more books that I've been working through. You'll probably hear about some of these books in the fall season as uh, we'll probably bring them up some more. All right. Uh, some business we need to take care of here. Books and business. Let's talk about some books. Awesome. So if you didn't already catch it, you know, the mouse is out of the bag on Charlie's book. Oh. Um, so credit where credit is due. Taylor Muggy. Up at mm. Hidden Acres. Oh, yeah. He is the one we connected last summer over our mutual love of what's Wing Feather mm-hmm. and obviously Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. But uh, he recommended Red Wall to me. Okay. And so let me give you a little, so, a little precursor and background to Red Wall by Brian Jacks. I've got a question. Jax. How did the two of you end up reading the same book? Andy and I? Were you guys talking about it or did it come so, up on a podcast or I, Seth, that's really random. Seth Mungins recommended it to me like five years ago Okay, and said when your kid's older, he'd like it. And then you, I think over the Christmas episode this year said, oh, I'm going to read, or maybe it was like summer last year. I started it a long time ago. Yes. And mentioned it on the podcast. It, and, and then, th- so okay, that, that gets me to another topic, yep. which will roll up the ball. Yarn so at some so point. then I bought it after remembering it from okay. him. My question's answered. You can yeah. keep going. So. You guys know you these two in front of me and listener how my thoughts on audiobook versus actual reading. Mm-hmm. And so I whenever possible I, I don't like audible or I don't I don't like the audiobook only approach. Uh that being said, I think where it shines is I think there's an art form of reading books where like voice actors and like mm-hmm. and strong narratives. And so I started reading Redwall. I took Redwall to Grandview Camp with me, which I was at over 4th of July, which by the way, 
they know how to party for America in oh. Eager, Arizona. <laughs> let me tell you. I I had an experience there and shout out to Isaac and Peter and Thomas Redwall. and Ryan. Redwall. My online student <laughs> camp to us guys out there at Grandview. I walked into a Mexican restaurant wearing like a tie-dye American flag shirt. He's still holding going. an American flag and I walked up and said I would like uh some horchata and a steak burrito please in a mexican restaurant i never felt more american in my life wow than that, that moment that... i felt soap and that was a great burrito wow alberto's in eager arizona it's apparently a mexican chain out there i had never huh? heard of it mm. but uh anyway so i took Redwall with me in my free time out there i was reading it the story captured me mm. as stories often do and uh i had a 18 hour car ride and you see where this is going? Mm-hmm. I broke down and got the audiobook so I could finish it because you can't yeah. read while you drive. Yep. You know, you should, two well, things you should never do. You shouldn't drink and drive. You shouldn't read and drive either. Okay. You can. It's not advisable. <laughs> it is not. Actually, I know a friend who, never mind. And it, just keep going. Yeah, I know somebody who did. Find a driver. They drive. You read. There you go. Then, that's, that's better and safer. So. Uh, we are it, not condoning reading while you drive. So. Thank you for the public service announcement. <laughs> we need to have an advertisement in the middle yes. of the podcast that's like a formal like, hey, stop stop reading and driving. It hurts people. Listen yeah. to our podcast instead. Yeah. <laughs> that's, wait, we're making we're gonna make that. I'm gonna talk to Joey about making that. He's gonna help me make a great commercial. Anyway, so I, I started reading got maybe like a third to a half of the way through and then had to purge and blitz through it to finish it. And so what is Redwall about? Redwall is a mouse monastery and they are a peaceful group of of mice and what they do is they they heal and they help and they they bring peace. In the midst of this there's this uh young kind of dumb but very heroic mouse, Matthias. And what you learn right away in the book is that there's this rat army led by Clooney the Scourge. Clooney the Scourge. Who's a build rat. Another way of saying he's like like a pirate. He's like a pirate rat. And he's coming and all he does is destroy and and he's coming to Redwall which is like their living place and he's going to try and conquer it and take it over and it's it's just you know, boil it down to one sentence the mouse kills the rat. But it's it's this ascension story of matthias coming and becoming this warrior uh and there's like this there's a lot of great characterization there's a lot of great virtue that's exalted and uh, i think you know it's a a good children's book so that's one of the questions that i had is my children wondering about another series this sounds like it could be a winner i think it is and i'm showing there's like maybe 20 books i saw there's 22 Maybe. maybe So you're not sure if it's Ooh, a good children's book. I know. This will be fun. I so I, I plan on doing this later, but let's just see the next. I liked I liked the story. I liked what they did with the characters. And I think there's something good in the heart of the Christian. So where so oh, go back go to Dr. Boyd's discussion of the Odyssey, and it's like this push of like, when is the king gonna come home? Yeah. And there's that that theme in this story. And I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, don't. And but there, there is a scene of victorious glory of like 
the vic- the victory. Okay. And that is, and I think, and I think it exalts. Ooh, you have it. You have it here. So, so that being said, so I'm halfway. I don't know if it's like excellently written, and I'm sure we're gonna hear that there are some times where. I don't know. I, I'm interested to see well, what you say. I think overall, I think overall, it exalts bravery and courage mm-hmm. and valor. So go ahead. Well, I'm only halfway through. So that's the thing is I can't really give it too much of a, of an intro. So about, about a quarter of the way in, I had one thought. And then during the second quarter, I've started to get, as you said, captured by it. Mm-hmm. So I've got to finish it before I give it a full thing. But what I would say is so far, and you've made it all the way through. Having, you remember at the same time I'm listening to S.D. Smith's um, Tales of Little Talia, mm-hmm. and then I my kids just read Line the Witch in the Wardrobe. So and I've, I've read a little bit of Tolkien recently, and so to me at the beginning I would have said it felt kind of thin compared to those. Yes. Would you say the same thing? Like not bad. Well, you just you, not the same depth. See, that's that's where I think for for a child i had to put it in the context of like if i was eight or nine or ten years old yes and i i didn't have the foreshadowing abilities Mm -hmm. to know what's going to happen uh you know like because i'll just you know exactly what's going to happen yeah you know the ending of the book yep you just you know you haven't read it yet but you know exactly what's going to happen and i don't want to say it but we already know you know it's classic like evil rat Mm -hmm. heroic mouse yeah Rats really big. Mouse is really small. Uh, Yep. What's gonna happen? Chronicles of Perdane or Redwall? Can I say one more thing about this? Chronicles of Perdane. Okay. So that's I bought both of those with with some money out for Christmas, like gift cards. Yeah. The other thing I would say about this book is there's a couple of curse words that I wasn't expecting. Which I'm not saying you can't read a book because of that, but if I were handing this off I would want to know. Yeah, if I was handing Mm -hmm. this off to Evan, I would be like I I, I marked them. And then Ooh. the other thing was cornflour. Oh, and I yes. thought this is a wa- this might be awakening something that I don't want to awaken yet. But overall, I thought this is literally just medieval knights and damsels. It, it took me a long. Oh, sorry about that, listener. It took me a while to figure that out. So it's not bad. Yeah. But I do. But I, and I do think there's virtue. I think Clooney is a good foil for like evil and all his henchmen. Like the whole, like the squabbles. So, so I will I'm, say, I'm with you. It's good. I will say with the corn. So corn flower is uh-huh. a female mouse that, and it's pretty blunt I, from, from our perspective as adults, like you can see what's going on there. Yeah. I'm not sure a child would necessarily pick up on yes, it. Yes, I had that same thought. And the way that it's resolved. Which I don't know yet. <laughs> which I don't want to give it away. Don't give it away. Okay. We'll stop don't. there. But just say it aligns more with Tim's views. And with our modern culture's views. Okay. okay. So, and, and again, once I get through it, I'll have a, yeah. a take. We'll come I've enjoyed it. And I've so, been very creative. What it reminds me of is like the light, fun characterization of yes. animals. Yep. And the humor. It kind of feels like a wing feathery Chronicles of Narnia feel to it. Um, but I will say, even this is where I think the you're borrowing from a story that's been told over and over and over again. We know it's good. Like the... Virtue is objective mm-hmm. and a hero is a hero Yep. and you love a, a hero. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the story, there is a scene that happens and you just get chills. Mm. Okay. See, you're like, finish. Oh yeah. And, and I don't know if that was just me. I mean, I was on a long car ride and I literally listened to like five straight hours 
But you get to that point and you're like, boom, boom. And it's like the way that it's developed is um, there's like a famous hero that founded this Redwall Abbey, which is Martin the Warrior. And you find out of this like connection between Martin and Matthias, you know, how they're, they're connected in a way. And, uh, and it's, it's like, he becomes this great hero and it does, it kind of has a, I don't, I don't like to use this word, but it has an, an element of like this prophetic, like the hero no, is, the, the hero is meant to like, he's yeah. prophesied of, yep. um, and the way that they discover that is ancient writings yeah. that they didn't know existed. And, you know, they eventually find the thing. Anyway, it, it's, the- I think a good hero conquers bad guy story for a child. It also had a. Ignatius of Loyola, Catholic monk, uh, <laughs> yeah. warrior, monastery thing, which was intriguing so, from a Western Civ standpoint. So but. what I what I think is <laughs> is not as good about this Animal Kid story uh-huh. that other books have done much better with is the naming. Yeah, like one of my favorite names of any animal in any story is Truffle Hunter. <laughs> and what kind of animal is that? A badger? Or it's not a badger. Uh, I think, I think so. There's, yeah. there's a badger in this book just called Constance. Yeah, Constance. And she's a great but, character. But I think through Catholic history, like there's a lot of Catholicism that I think is behind this. I'm not oh, saying it's yeah. a Catholic book, but there are elements where I think if I knew a lot about, which I do, I know a lot about Catholicism. I'm, I'm hearing the echoes of medieval Catholic history and theology and, you know. Yeah. And so, so and, I mean, if I correct me. Anyways, I'm excited to finish it because I was just getting pulled in. I think it, it, you will you will enjoy the ending. You will enjoy the ending. I think the way that they resolve the cornflower romance. Oh man, I can't wait to is read that. Direct and appropriate. Oh good. All right. Um, because they, they kind of hint at one point that maybe Clooney's gonna get involved with that. You know, and most people are just gonna be. If they haven't read the book, are just gonna be like whatever. I know you guys are I having a great time. I think it's kind of just. A, honestly, I think it was a way for jakes mm-hmm. to set up future stories because yeah. i think it's book four is is named pertinently yeah. to something that will happen yep. I'm, I'm give up, but you know. i will say this though it it was a fun from what i read i'm like this is a fun story it's not yep. at the same level as some yep. of those others yeah it's good really but good I, I do think i do think that there's good things about overall it. good yeah if i, I had to agree. give a rating i'm just gonna plop it right on the middle like five yes and seven eighths yeah I, I, from i'm only halfway but i would go right there it's I good saw, i saw andy's book and it's it's aesthetics are eh, well i have the mass you know, market paperback i got on I thrift books for like two bucks okay so like who's gonna open <laughs> the real book the book of oh books. that's me andy's yeah real book so for this week we've so with me this year we have been this summer we've been walking through colossians chapter three last time we were together we were talking about death and i just want to give a shout out to one listener in particular who gets a little squeamish when blood and guts and whatnot has been talked about and was listening to this on the way to church while they were driving uh thankfully they did not pass out while driving but this episode listener you can be assured there will be no death no dismemberment no cutting off of appendages being discussed so you are horrendous <laughs> all right that's all i'm going to say about that one you're talking to me okay you're talking to him. I, yeah. I was like i didn't even say anything yet i know i just had to look this way to look and speak into the mic <laughs> yeah i did think it was interesting on that previous episode the discussion mm-hmm. we had about hunting and it was dispatching so animals and, yeah. moving on 
So, so this week we're going to, so in Colossians chapter three, the first four verses talk about your mind and your internal person and what you're aimed at and what you're pursuing to seek your, the things above and set your mind on things above in verses five, all the way down to 11 of Colossians chapter three, it talks about what you need to stop or cease or quit in your life. And he uses two verbs. He uses put to death and we talked about the grizzly and ex- like do what is necessary nature to that verb and then put away. And that was the idea of entirety in verse 10. He says, seeing that you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And the put on right there is the same verb that's in verse 12, where he then gives you the direct command to put on as God's choly- chosen ones, holy and beloved. Then he lists a bunch of virtues for you to put on. So today, I just want to talk about the virtues that you put on. So there is this pattern in Christianity where when you get saved, something takes place. Historically, you have put off your old person. That's not who you are anymore. You have the nature of it, but that's not you as a sum total. And you've put on a new person, a new spiritual person. You have a new nature. One that uh, has the ability to say yes to God and to follow God and to obey the spirit. And what happened is your mind was initially renewed. But then as you live your life, you continue to live out that internal change. You continue to put off the old ways. You continue to put on the new ways. And you do that by renewing your mind, your internal person. You could say your mind, your heart, yourself. I think all those things would fit. So he's now at the third major emphasis in this passage, which is to put on these virtues that are in line with the new person. So I'm just going to read the section first before we get started. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Now here's what you put on. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Verse 14, and above all these, and now it's the same verbal command, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Uh, Interestingly enough, the last three verses we've already covered when we did our very first Thanksgiving's episode. So that means... In this podcast, we've actually, after this episode, covered all of these 17 verses. So let's go ahead and finish this out. So the verb put on then, it's not like you you notice something massive when you study the Greek. It literally just means to put it on. So we know what that means. Today, we would say, we would use this in reference to clothing. I'm going to go put on my jacket, or I'm going to put on my coat, or I put on my clothes, or I change my clothes and I put these on. It's, it's the same idea. And actually, in their era, they would have used this verb for putting on clothes. So I think there's a little bit of a mental image that Paul's using here. Put on then as God's chosen ones. In fact, this image is so strong in the history that if you read the NIV translation, it doesn't say put on. It says clothe yourselves with. Mm. So I think that's an important metaphor for us to stop, make some observations about, and meditate on. All right. How, this is, this is going to be interesting. How do you know, like, what do you think the significance is of Paul saying, clothe yourselves? Why doesn't he just say, live these virtues in your day-to-day life? What, what do you learn more by him using the metaphor of put on or clothe yourself? 
What's the new information with that metaphor? Boy, uh, it just like encapsulates your being and who you are. Oh, that's or good. is it visual and that it's seeable to everybody? Or I'm not really sure. I'm trying to think through the metaphor and what the points of correspondence would be. I think I think both those are valid. Can you re-ask the question for me? Yeah. So he doesn't say in verse four, uh, verse 12, live a life of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. And then most of all, live a life of love. He doesn't say behave compassionately or kindly or hum- humbly. He says instead, clothe yourselves with. So why does he use the metaphor of putting on clothes? What do you learn from that metaphor more than him just saying, live these things out? Because that's how a metaphor works. There's something beyond just the bare communication of a straight up fact. Well, I think it's a good metaphor of a daily process mm, that yeah. goes in concert with the previous metaphor. Mm-hmm. So daily, like there's needs to be like, you don't put on, you know, I don't know how to say this. Like, so just, just thinking about the idea of putting on clothing, you put it on every day when something gets dirty, you take it off, you yep. wash it, you yep. put it on, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a, there's a, a, a habitual regular process of mm-hmm. the cleansing of the bad and putting on what is clean. Yeah. So I, I think that, that was where my mind went, was like, this is a daily process. Yes. So between you two, you hit three different points of comparison. Number one, clothing is a daily, consistent, habitual thing. So um, like, you know someone by the type of clothing they wear. You can tell a lot about, I know it's not everything, but people have like looks and it sort of embodies them. Mm-hmm. Number two, you said, Tim, that it, it covers all of you. It like encapsulates you. Mm-hmm. You're kind of wrapped up in it. I especially think of like a robe that you mm-hmm. put on. And then the third thing you said is it's visual. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, I like the visual angle the best. I'm, all of those are connected, but that's what I think about. So consider this. When Paul says clothe yourselves with, let's say, humility, I think the idea here would be there's things I need to do to become humble, but how would I know when I've been clothed with humility? I don't think it's just that I think I'm humble. I think it's that I'm humble enough to a degree that other people see it. Sure. Just like my clothing. Like, I don't have to, like, it, like what am I wearing right now? A Star Wars t-shirt. Yeah. Got a TIE fighter on the front. Yep. All four colors of the different groups, you know, the gold group, blue group, whatever, gold leader, red leader, whatever. Now, here's my point, though. I didn't have to tell you that. I have to walk in and be like, hey, guys, I just want you to know I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt today. You knew it. Why? Because I walked in wearing it. And so I think there's a little bit of that here. You, Christian, be clothed with love to the point where, like you were saying, Tim, it fully encapsulates your being like it's a totality. It's like like how do i characterize you by love by humility i think it's something that's visible externally if you've ever met someone who's super humble or super gentle and you're like man is that person a believer and what they are later you find out not always but i think there's something to where it's so a part of your characteristics that other people see it go for it so it's interesting that you say that colossians is pauline mm-hmm and he does make epistle. this statement in another, that's this illustration in other places. But my thought is, 
if someone's wearing dirty clothes mm -hmm. physically, how might we discern that? And it might not only be visibility. Mm -hmm. We might also smell yeah. something. Yep. And it's interesting that both the aroma of someone and the look mm -hmm. of someone mm -hmm. is compared in Second Corinthians yep. of, of the aroma or the light of Christ. And that I think the clothing here is another way of illustrating that same point. Yeah. And where my mind went as you were talking about that is where do I clothe myself? I usually don't do that in front of other people. And if I don't do that at home by myself, if I just neglected to put on clothes and walked to work or school, <laughs> everyone else would perceive that I had yes. not dressed. Yes. And so that spiritual metaphor is so powerful yeah. if you are clothed incorrectly. Yes. And you go around other people, mm -hmm. they will pick up on yes. the spiritual clothing that you have. And it, it you know, clothes, mm -hmm. a smell, yep. the light, all those illustrations. I think what's cool about that is then like, so where am I doing it? Like, it's not something like before other people. Like that's a, a very private, personal walk where I'm putting off, putting away, mm -hmm. cleansing and putting on. G gives me almost an appeal in the metaphor to the quiet devotional nature of yeah of daily Christian life. And I would say it's it's hard for me. So just thinking Bible study practice and hermeneutics, how far do I press the the metaphor? What 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 exactly? Yeah, that's is what intending? I was thinking. And so when I weigh all these things out, I think the personally, and I could be wrong, I think the big idea, yeah, which hits with your smell thing, is that it's discernible and noticeable to other people. Yep. Now, I don't think that that means if someone hasn't walked up to you this week and said, hey, you're humble, that you're failing at this. But I do think that brings up another thought. You probably have close friends and you might think, hey, I'm pretty humble. I'm kind. I'm not aggressive. I'm not harsh. I'm you know gentle or whatever. But often the best way for us to know how we are doing is to find a wise, godly fellow believer and say, Hey, what do you see? Like, what kind of clothes do you think I'm spiritually wearing? And I, I do think listener, if you don't have someone in your life, you can ask those kinds of questions. If you don't have people, you can be in front of who are believers who will look at your clothing, spiritually clothing. Okay. And say, Hey, I think this, but you know, I do notice this. Or sometimes we just think, I remember thinking like, I don't have a problem with pride. I'm not a very prideful person. Um, and then I hit a number of circumstances where God exposed my pride and it took a faithful fellow believer to say, you know, that is something that I've noticed in this area in your life. And so I, I think there, there, there's two sides. There's two ways I think to look through this part of the passages. Number one, ask the question, if you talk to someone else, would they think you're compassionate? Would they think you're kind? Would they call you somewhat humble? Would they think of you as a meek or a patient person? Are you known for bearing with others? And that's, that's challenging because they can be frustrating to deal with other people. But are you known for that or are you kind of a short person? And then it says if someone has a complaint against another, you need to forgive. Do you forgive when people complain? It's not, I'm not, I don't know if that even means sin. Like maybe a complaint is just something they don't prefer. I don't know. Um, and then it says above all these put on love. Would, would another person say you are characterized by love? So I think that's one way to look through this, look at this passage. 
So listener, I think you need to take an inventory. Have you put on, and then there's another way to look at it, which has to do with the different virtues, but I think you've oh, got something you want to say. Go for it. When I think too, the people you're around, it's not, I think it would not only be their perception of who you are, but look at what you produce in their life. So like when you are, when you are in a position of influence around other people, which friends influence each other all the time, is the product of spending time with you that they are more loving, that they are more peaceful or joyful. And, you know, or do you leave, you know, I, I found this, it's so easy with close friends to get together and complain. And so it's like you leave, you, you know, you get out of the car and it's like, okay, see you later. And you're both like, yeah, worse off than when you yep. started Yep. and convince me that that's the Holy spirit. You know, yeah. you can't. And I, I think that is a, mm -hmm. you know, it's a clothing mm -hmm. issue. It is. It is. <laughs> so like what, not only what they would perceive of you, but what, look at, look at how you are influencing mm -hmm. other people spiritually and you will pick up on spirit versus flesh realms of influence in other people's lives. That's actually been as a parent, that's been a, when yeah. I see, when I see my kids doing things, it's been interesting lately for me to think, Oh, am I, am I doing that in front of them? Is that where they're picking that up? It is. It's been, a, it's not always the case, but it is a good question to ask. Did you have something you want to say to me? Uh, just how this fits within the context of the previous section, verses one through seven. Mm -hmm. And, but maybe we are kind of going long. Maybe the listener just needs to listen to those previous episodes and then they can take that into account. Yeah. The last thing I would say is, so I think of it from the external visibility, not visual only, but like, do other people see this and say, cause it's not like, I think I'm loving it's, I think it's that, am I to the point where other people would say that too, for whatever reason. But then secondly, I think there's value here in Paul laying out a list of virtues. I'm not saying you just look at the virtues and try to emulate them, but he does command you to put them on. So how do you put, let's just take kindness. How do you put kindness on? Well, there could be a number of ways to approach that. But the first thing I think would be to biblically meditate on kindness. What is kindness? What does kindness look like? What if you have a wrong definition of kindness? Today, there's a lot of words that have been redefined in our culture. And so kind might to you and your culture be thinking, well, I have to only agree with someone else. Is that biblically what kindness is? Um, humility. Does that mean I never share my opinion or I never have an opinion? No, but I think maybe the way. So this is a, a good opportunity for you to get a nice simple Bible tool, like a topical Bible or a study Bible, or even just a, a minimal commentary and do a quick study. Like look up the word humility in the new Testament, read every verse. And then what are you learning about? All right, go ahead. I, I, so I'm going to reveal something really dumb that I did today, but I think it's helpful for this. Okay. So right before we started recording this morning, uh, we kind of got here and made coffee and we all had to use a restroom and coming out of the restroom, I realized something about my clothing oh that's right this is perfect <laughs> i realized that i had put my shirt on inside out and it's a polo and i mean like that just tells you how you know how my day's going you know <laughs> <laughs> like god and i walked in and it's like guys did you even notice that my shirt was on inside out and like no we didn't <laughs> and so just to use that illustration like when i realized that mm -hmm. what did i do change your shirt. I took Flip the things. shirt off and yep. I put it back on the yep. way it was supposed to be. Yep. And so, you know, how do I put on? Mm -hmm. I think you, you have to recognize, Ooh, that's not the shirt 
I should yes. have on. Or yes. that's inside out. Yep. You know, like that's why good. don't we fix that? So you you can never and because I think this is a grand metaphor for sanctification. Mm-hmm. You can never separate the recognition of the wrong clothing mm-hmm. and the removal, which I would just say is like a cleansing mm-hmm. from the putting on. Like it's not just a do the right thing, uh, even though he does command that you you live a certain way. But I think it's always connected to that idea of repentance. Yep. Well, and even even the, how does he start the section off? Seek your mind, seek, seek the things that are above, set your mind on the things that are above. So it has to be a mindset change first. And so yeah. I think in the passage, you're like, well, how do I become more loving? I mean, go back up to the beginning and you've got to renew your mind and you've got to look for where you're not being loving and you've yeah. got to be humble and you've got to repent at the same time. I know that, uh, okay, I'll take dirty joking as an example. So I always thought it was fine to make crude humor, humor jokes. I thought that was no big deal. And so someone could have said stop and I thought, okay, they don't like that. But it wasn't until I read in Ephesians and Colossians what it says about crude joking and dirty talking that helped me know, oh, that's that's inappropriate. And so then it became a question of learning to recognize when I'm doing that. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, it's kind of like thinking your shirt's clean or on the right way. And then, oh, someone. So I do think there's an informative benefit Hmm. to this section, but you can't just stop there. You know, I do like a good petroleum joke, but if we don't want any crude joking, I'm okay with that. Oh, that was good. If we refined it, it would be more gas for our discussion. That's why okay. I was like holding back the smirk while you're talking out loud. Like, oh. so, so, so let's Thank go you for listening well, to the thing. Uh, let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me pull in here. So, so listener, we're, we're good at making jokes. I'm a child. Or we're bad at making jokes. One of the two. But what I would say is, I think the call from scripture this week is to look into the mirror of God's word. And see what the proper clothing for you is. And I would say that when you read a verse like this, where it says, put on these things, and it says, make meekness and patience and humility and kindness. Sometimes you already know what humility is or meekness or patience, but by reading it in God's word, having a humble attitude before the Lord, the spirit works to convict you of something. And so listener, is there a way in your life this week where you don't, where you don't have the right clothes on? If there is, humble yourself, turn to the Lord, seek forgiveness, and then walk in that new life. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Thinklings Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, suggestions, or potential topics that you'd like us to discuss, you can contact us through our email, thinklingspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, don't let this conversation end with this podcast. Read good books. Talk about them with your friends and always continue to cultivate your mind. See you next time on the Thinklings Podcast.